darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Hello, Spartan fans. Welcome to the Red Cedar Rundown. I am Gary with my co-host Clark, and we are the self-anointed number one Michigan State football and basketball podcast. If you turn into our first show, you're trying to make this completely interactive with the fans out there. You can find us on Twitter at Red Cedar Rundown. Send us your feedback what you do like, what you don't like, and topics you want to hear discussed. As you know, we are not the experts, but we live and breathe Spartan football and basketball. And again, we're going to be bringing breakdowns, predictions, and plenty of hot takes, especially after this weekend's game at Arizona State. This episode's going to be chock full of them, I can guarantee that. That has to be one of the most disappointing outcomes I've felt in a while. Good teams win that game. We're supposed to win that game. Should have won the game. Had the game. Blew the game. We suck. The fans were storming the desert, and we were expecting a big win. Instead, we got this. A fat L. It's funny, though. I think a lot of people saw this coming. Pundits were picking against us, that's for sure. And it was actually funny. Before the game, my dad sent me a text that he had a bad feeling about this game. And there was a couple stats that he used to explain his reasoning for that feeling. And those stats were Big Ten is 0-9 at Arizona State in the last 40 years. Now 0-10. MSU. 0-12 in the regular season, west of Colorado, now 0-13. What is the reasoning? Why do we struggle so much in these regular season West Coast games every time? Is it the heat? Is it, I don't know. Is it lack of preparation? Is it the time zone? Why can we not win these games? Well, I'll just start off right now by saying uh, lack of having a starting center. That's probably a huge man. That's a huge reason why we didn't win that football game. We got manhandled at the line of scrimmage. Pathetic. I agree. I just felt like in a weird way, it was almost like (laughs) obviously much lower scoring, but like the Oregon game a couple years ago, it felt like we could just pretty much take that game over at any point in time. Never happened. And then at the end of the game, I don't know if it's the heat, if it's playing that late of a game, but we just completely collapsed offensively and defensively, and you saw what happened. Yeah, I don't want to hear the heat as an excuse at all. I don't want to hear travel as an excuse at all. This falls squarely on coaches right here. The play calling on offense, if I see another goddamn jet sweep inside the 20-yard line, that little motion shovel pass where we run it to Cody White, which I don't even understand why we run the ball to him on that exact play. I'm just going to lose it. We can't put the ball in the end zone when we're within 20 yards out. It's pathetic. Something needs to be done. Fire Dave Warner. I don't know what needs to be done. I've been calling for his head for years. I need to see a change. Yep. I And I know you referenced it on last show, your displeasure for Dave Warner, but It definitely goes down on the coaches for this one. The lack of ability to score with the weapons we have in the red zone. Why are we not throwing the ball to Felton Davis in the third quarter or the fourth quarter? What did Arizona State do? They threw the ball up and had their wide receiver make a play. And he made it. We lost the game as a result. But why are we not doing that? (laughs) Gary, I have no idea. Felton Davis only had five catches in that game. That's, That's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Throw the ball up and have him make a play. Simple as that. I'm with you. Even if it gets intercepted and we're throwing the ball to our best receiver on the field in Felton Davis, I'll live with it. I'll live with it. But we're rolling Lewerke out. He's under pressure. He's throwing a ball across his body. I don't know who the tight end was in the end zone when he threw the pick. Was it Sokol? Went up right off his damn hands into their hands. Completely changed the tide of the game. You know what that reminded me of? 
I had that sinking feeling watching that happen. It, re- it brought me all the way back to the national semifinal game against Alabama when the game was 3 nothing, and we were driving, or it might have been 10 nothing, and we were driving, going into the half, and all we needed to do was put some damn points on the board, and we throw an interception, and the game's essentially over at that point. I know you might not have thought the game was over at that point, but I didn't have a good feeling about the rest of that football game when we threw that interception. That's true. Those momentum killers really are hard to recover from, and, and you definitely felt it at that point in the game. It was a big swing. But let's get back, though, real quick to all of the issues that everything that we're saying, we have the playmakers, but we still are talking about the issues we talked about last time, the offensive and defensive lines, just unable to still run the ball. And I understand Arizona State had a great showing their first week. So maybe this is a good defense, a run stop defense. It's hard to say at this point. We'll see as the football season progresses, but just still no push on either side of the ball. No pressure. Their quarterback had plenty of time to throw every time. It, it's just not a good sign for the rest of the season. And I think it's going to have to definitely change our expectations moving forward. I, I don't disagree with you. Stop the Tyler Higby experiment at center. It needs to stop immediately. Make Matt Allen the center. Let him get in there. You know, earn his keep. It's the only answer. I mean, I, I don't see any other option. I saw Cole Chuen started the game at left tackle. He came out. I saw early in the game. There's a lot of injuries that game. Yeah. LJ Scott. Hartbarger out six to eight weeks just announced today do we not have another punter on the roster Rocky Lombardi will be taking the punts from now on for the rest of the next six to eight weeks certainly doesn't give me a uh, warm and fuzzy feeling on the inside by any means I don't think it gives any Spartan (laughs) a good feeling uh, for the rest of the season moving forward and really Lewerke is trying to do his best I think I I can't put the game on Lewerke no he's calling the plays that are, are given to him and yeah, his throw wasn't the best in the end zone, but it went through his hands. Hit, hit him square in the hands. Should have been caught. And still, penalties, another issue again. Stupid penalties. Dumb, 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 dumb. I mean, let's talk about the rookie. He had a great game. He had through, he completed 70% of his passes, threw for over 300 yards yet again, like he always does. He had one TD, one interception. But the rookie, where he does best with his, him on his feet and he scrambles, he had negative 12 rushing yards in that game. He was constantly under pressure. Nobody on our team had more than 25 rushing yards in that game. That is alarming to me against a defense like Arizona State, an unproven defense like Arizona State. Very alarming. Like I said, we'll see as the season progresses what kind of defense they have, but maybe it's looking like the expectations for the Spartans may have been too high for the season and and maybe too low for Arizona State. I'm pretty sure a lot of people had them picked to finish bottom of the division. There was a reason they had a new head coach. Exactly. I mean, they didn't have a terrible season last season, but still. They're they're not exactly world beaters. Let's not. I'm not going to give them too much credit. But I also, while I am pissed, and I am really pissed that we lost that game, we also got blown out by Notre Dame early in the season last year. So there is room for improvement, and I think we do have the weapons and the players to make that improvement, but let's not take away from the shame that was brought to our program on Saturday night. Like I said, Spartans came out from pretty much everywhere. We knew a lot of people that were heading down to be there, and I know the following was pretty strong based on what I heard. So it's another disappointing thing, a strong showing, and still we're unable to come up with the W. Again, it's a tough game. I don't want to say that that wasn't a tough game. Everyone knows that Arizona State at night in 100-degree heat is a hard environment. I know you don't want to use that excuse, but I'm just saying moving forward, we have a bye week coming up. We have to get ourselves together and figure out, you know, where how we're going to move forward. You have two weeks to prepare for Indiana. 
you better be damn well ready. Yeah, you definitely want to see some improvements, and that's the most concerning thing is especially, like I said, no improvement on the offensive and defensive lines. My thing is this. If you can't run the football, if we can't run the football, then stop running the football and just throw the ball and air it out. Use the weapons that you have at wide receiver and do what you can. Make the best of the situation. Definitely needs to be a strategy change if we can't run the football. You just can't run it over and over and not have success and continue to do it. I understand that state needs to establish themselves as a running team. That's their identity. That's who they are. But if it's not working, you have Brian Lewerke. You have Felton Davis. You have Cody White. Use the players. Use your playmakers. And that was the difference in the game, straight up. That was the difference. Absolutely. I mean, touching on that, Cody White had another amazing game. Nine catches. What do you have? 115 yards, something like that, and a, and a touchdown. I, I'll take that all day. I think that kid's going to be a stud. He's going to be all Big Ten either this season or next season. God will utilize the weapons. We all know Felton's playing on Sunday. Get them the damn ball. Five catches for Felton Davis is not nearly enough. So, Clark, what did you? What was your overall feeling uh, on the defense? I thought the defense kept us in the game. I mean, it was disappointing to see 380 yards from their quarterback. I didn't find him to be all that impressive by any means. From what I could see, he was overthrowing people left and right. But it was more of like a bend-don't-break, I guess, from what I remember from the night. I thought Joe Bacci had a good game. If the defense isn't there, look, we got we gave up 16 points. With the weapons that we have on offense, the defense isn't the issue. I want I, I like to focus on the offense here. I really thought the defense did enough for us to win the football game. I thought the defense played okay. I think Justin Lane played well for three quarters, and then they threw the ball up. And we all know what happened. It, it's interesting. I think we're undermanned, and that's a concern, especially because we weren't deep to begin with, especially on the defensive line. And now with injuries, we're getting thinner and thinner. We're going to be having definitely walk ons playing uh, on the ends. But really, we got to look at the injuries. Also, the potential suspensions as Tyreek Thompson didn't travel with the team, I believe, to a noise violation, is what I heard. Unbelievable. Just. <laughs> What what is there to say about a noise violation? I mean, is that is that really what it was? A noise violation? So a college kid was having a party at his house and he was turning up the music too loud. Let's kick him off the team. Well, he I missed mean, the game. He didn't travel with the team. I don't think I mean, we'll see if he'll play in the next break. game. But unbelievable. And then Jacob Jacob Panishuk. What happened? He got hurt. Yep. Injured, didn't travel to the game. He didn't travel to that game. Some of the details are spotty here at the Red Cedar Rundown. We were full disclosure at a wedding drinking, so Please bear with us. I know I know he wasn't on the field. I just didn't know he tra- didn't travel. It must be pretty serious then. That's, Jesus, not good at all. But overall, let's talk about expectations moving forward for this team. Me and Clark, if you listened to our last show, pegged them at 10-2 and two with losses at, at home at, against Ohio State on the road against Nebraska. Clark, how would you change your picks now? I mean, I, I'm not going to change my picks Obviously, I think we're going to be nine and three now. I think there. I think we're, what I need to clarify is there's a difference between what I think and what I'm going to stand by. I'm going to stand by nine and three. Do I think we're going to finish nine and three after what I've seen in the first two games? I'll let you answer that for yourself. There's a few toss-up games that I gave us a win as, and Arizona State was one that I thought we were for sure going to win. We needed to win, but here's the silver lining of everything. It's a it's a non-conference game we lost. Mm-hmm. All of our 
potential is in front of us. You remember, look back to Ohio State, who knows how long ago, I think a couple years ago, three years ago, and they lost, uh, I think, Virginia Tech that year and then went on to go to the college football playoff. So let's take it easy. We, you know, we have Hold to it. pump the brakes a little Take bit. Take it easy on the college football playoff talk. You know, we're not going to that. So don't get anybody's hopes up with that garbage. You, you heard me earlier. I mentioned we did get blown up by Notre Dame last year. So we do have everything ahead of us. Damn it. Does the team need to focus and get it together? They really need to. Or I'm going to start selling tickets. I don't want to have to do that, but I will. That's a threat, Clark. Yeah, you're damn right. It was a threat. Well, we'll see. They got a bye week. Hopefully they can clean some stuff up, get a little bit healthier. And I think at getting Josiah Scott back will definitely change the team. You know, we're not going to break down the Indiana game this week. We'll break it down next week. But, you know, that's going to be a tough game. That is also not a cakewalk. That's at Indiana. Pretty sure I read it was a night game. It is 730 kick. Great. How, how does that happen? Three straight. Yeah, it's not. Uh, well, I mean, the home opener was was supposed to be a, a little bit more ruckus. But I think that. You know, this the seasons can still be turned around. I'm trying to look for uh, a glimmer of hope in my football season because right now it's not going the greatest. I The Lions lost last night. What a joke they are. Unbelievable. We won't get into that. My fantasy team lost last night. No one cares. I played Clark on the first game. <clears throat> Felt good. Anyway, not relevant to our talk here for <laughs> Michigan State football and basketball. All right, now we're going to actually get in. We had uh, a couple mailbag questions uh, after our first episode last week. So the first one actually comes from Ryan R. in Houston. He's asking us what what we think are odds of Michigan State landing Big Vern. And if you're not familiar out there, Big Vern is Vernon Carey, a five-star number one player coming up for next year's recruiting class. Michigan State's definitely on there with all the other big players, Duke and Kentucky. So, Clark, what do you think the chances of uh, us landing him are? Mm, I mean, I would be just over the moon if we got Vernon Carey. I personally think when you see a recruiting battle anytime with Michigan State and you see Duke in there, it doesn't give me a good feeling. I you know, I think we can beat out the likes of, you know, Kentucky for a player. We've done that with a Miles Bridges, but I've really yet to see Michigan State beat out Duke for the highest caliber of player. You know, we've lost what would we lose? Jaleel Okafor goes to Duke. Jabari Parker goes to Duke. You know, Tyus Jones goes to Duke. All of those guys had Michigan State at or near the top of their list. I don't have a good feeling about it, but Ryan R from Houston, if you've got a good feeling, send positive vibes our way, brother. Gary, what do you think about it? I I agree with you, Clark. Anytime when we're in there with Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, based on previous history, we haven't done well. We haven't got those recruits. Even, for instance, Cliff Alexander, he was pretty much a straight shot for Spartans. Every person pegged for us to get him. What happened? We all know he went to Kansas. So Yeah, he went to Kansas. Yes, absolutely. And he was a nobody there and he sucked. Well, <laughs> well, look at Jaron Jackson. We didn't play him in the most crucial time of our entire season. And he's the number three player drafted this year. So, you know, you can say a lot of things. But anyway, that's Ben Cody, Ben Cody. Yeah, I don't want to hear any more of that. Don't want to hear it. And uh, we're going to get another we have one other, I don't know if this is necessarily a question, but more or less feedback about the show. And it Perfect. comes from Matt F. in Frankfurt, Germany. And wow. he says, your podcast is too negative. Well, I would have to say to that, thank you, first and foremost, Matt F. from Frankfurt, Germany, for giving us your feedback. I would say if you want to hear a positive podcast, let's hope for the best and hope that the Spartans actually come out and play real football and beat a team the way that they should beat a team. That would be my response to you. I agree. 
we're going to try to to keep it as real as possible. We're not going to sugarcoat things here on the Red Cedar Rundown, that's for sure. But I kind of want to add to that because I was thinking about this recently is that we all know what kind of coach Mark D'Antonio is. No game is going to be easy, win or lose. We're not going to blow people out most of the time and except maybe some of the years in Connor Cook years we had some we actually had some blowouts when we had an explosive offense which is what we thought we were getting this year it hasn't come to fruition so we'll see what happens I thought that was well said Gary I think that's uh that's definitely important for everybody to remember out there you know we should still believe in our coach and I definitely believe in our coach and that's why I believe in what the predictions that I made you know why I may not think that way right now I'm gonna stand by them and I guess I'll stick with nine and three from here on out And with that, that will wrap up our second episode of the Red Cedar Rundown. Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out actually to a Michigan fan whose wedding we attended this weekend. It's one of me and Clark's best friend, Stephen Alley. He was extremely thrilled with the results this weekend. Michigan winning big, getting a wide receiver touchdown, and Michigan State taking the loss. So Big Blue is back, as they would say in Ann Arbor. But we will see what happens. We're all looking forward to that October 20th game. Absolutely. Beautiful wedding this weekend, you guys. Enjoy your trip to Italy. Enjoy Big Blue being back. I know Coach is excited. And with that, thank you so much for listening to the Red Cedar Rundown this week. We will be back next week to preview the Michigan State-Indiana game. Until then, go green. Go white.